Nobody likes to talk about compliance. It's expensive. It doesn't generate any revenue. Nobody likes it. But like, let's check all the fees versus contracts. Let's do a due diligence on the contracts. Let's do all these things to hold up this system. And so that was really the inspiration of like, wait a second, if the fees are dependent on what the contract says, why don't we automate the contract, make it easy and quick to onboard clients, and then have that data just sent to where it needs to go? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Connected. I am your host, Kyle Van Pelt, CEO of MileMarker. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Lacey Shrum, like rum, I've just discovered. She is the founder and CEO of SmartKX, uh, which is a really innovative company doing uh, fee schedule and billing work in the financial advisor space. She is a lawyer by trade that got herself into fintech. We're going to talk a little bit about that. She is a dedicated mom. Uh, she is a fitness guru. I have seen her working out at conferences every time I go. So kudos to her. She's better than me. And she has an all-time great Zoom background. Um, for those of you that aren't checking this out on video, Lacey, did I miss anything in that intro that you want to tell the people? Uh, I love that intro. I, this is one of the best intros I've ever had. So thank you. Hey, um, I appreciate a bold red lip and like some, you know, fashion in my day. I think that was probably one of the major things missing. But other than that, great. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to hear that. So, all right. I want to actually start with something because I've heard a couple people do this um, and we'll get into the work stuff. But you recently announced that you have given into using a Kindle instead of physical books. And I know this is like, this is a raging debate amongst a lot of people. Um, so I would love to hear you kind of set the record straight on why you have given into Kindle as opposed to physical books. Well, I did post about that. And I, from multiple people, was called a bragger online because <laughs> <laughs> I bragger. posted books. Yeah. Or as my kids say, bragger baby. Uh, no, I had a tra I traveled this summer and I'm a huge daily stoic fan. So Ryan Holiday, it's a daily reading just about stoicism and I love reading it and I was going to be gone and the book is like pretty thick. Mm. And so I just gave into the Kindle that, you know, it can fit in your purse, it can fit in your bag and kind of latched on. Mm. I don't think I'm like all in because I do love the feel of a book and like seeing how far you have left to go and turning the pages. But, um, you know, for like better, it's better than scrolling online when you're like waiting on something. And I think I'm pretty hooked. I, I, I kind of waited long on that one. I was kind of a sleeper on it, but I'm keeping it. And you can, this is one of the best things I found. You can check out books from the library for free. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's that's good. Because by the way, everybody should use the library more often. So I don't think I went to the library post college until I had kids. And then my kids like wanted to go see what's going on. And I, you know, I felt like so dumb. But I was like, this is amazing. Like there's a place where you can just for free get all kinds of books and take them home and read them and go back. And they always tell me how much money I save when I check them out. And I'm like, man, what a great idea. The public library. Use it, people. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I rent my clothes. So why not like rent books? Incredible. That's awesome. Okay. So let's dive in a little bit. Um, I know you and I connected just over the challenges that firms have when it comes to billing. For those who have not been initiated to you, give us kind of the quick overview on SmartKX and the problem that you solve. 
So I started out in the RAA space. I'm a lawyer. I've worked through the operations. We onboarded firms. We onboarded clients, did compliance work, and fees were always a problem. And behind fees, client contracts were always a problem. They're not automated. They're stagnant. You write them down. You put them in a drawer. As the SEC has found numerous, numerous times, clients find, advisors find, the fees aren't matching what you contract with your clients. Uh, We do three things at SmartKX really well. We optimize that client onboarding. So as soon as your prospect says yes, we help complete that client contract, draft those fee disclosures, get that to your client instantly. That gives you fee clarity. So then once the client has signed that contract, all the pieces go back to where they need to be. Uh, The fees can be disclosed, can be calculated immediately upon those assets arriving. You don't need to move data from the contract to another place. And that gives you a lot of time back in your onboarding process and really what clients are expecting, which is they say yes, you give them an answer like, okay, let's go. (laughs) Not I will go back to my office and send the paperwork in a week. Like that's not good enough anymore. Yeah, everybody expects it to be instant and digital, right? And uh, and so then th- then talk to us a little bit deeper about that because I think that's really interesting. And then this connects in, I'm guessing, to like the portfolio management systems where maybe they have fee schedules already kind of laid out, and it's like, all right, I'm going to pick this fee schedule for the client, and that somehow connects back to to Smart KX and what you're doing over there. You know, starting with a portfolio management system, that's where most fees are calculated at this point, or in Excel, or you know, you may be doing it manually. And when, when I looked at fees, I looked at it and I'm like, why are they in this system that is not dependent on what's actually driving the fee? Like the fee is determined by the contract and the AUM that comes in. So right now, advisors can draft the fee schedule, let's say on a piece of paper, and then they get it to sign and they go and put that data into a portfolio management system. And there's a a manual process there, right? That can easily be broken. And we can talk about it, but Wells Fargo just got a $35 million fee return and almost $40 million penalty for doing just this exact thing. So writing a fee schedule, putting it in a system, it breaks. Um, And so we do both those things for you. We draft the fee schedule. When you onboard a client, you can choose the fee schedule. Um, You can put in notes if there's anything special. As soon as that contract comes back, we can either send the fee schedule to the system so you don't have to manually enter it, or we can calculate the fees for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, we got to dig into the Wells Fargo thing, right? The $75 million uh, out the door at Wells Fargo by doing, you know, that doesn't even seem like a, you know, like a, a predatory thing, right? It's like, hey, we're just writing down what the fee schedule is and changing it. Now, is is where this goes wrong because almost every advisory firm has breakpoints for for clients when they reach certain things, and then maybe a client hits a breakpoint and the fee doesn't update. Or how where where does something like that actually go wrong? Because I think I have a hard time understanding what the problem is with writing a fee schedule and then putting it into a system, like where that breaks down. Yeah, it's not the breakpoints. So uh, most systems these days can handle the breakpoints. It's really about advisors meeting with clients and the the prospect or the client saying negotiating a fee, right? Every single ADB says fees can be negotiated. The advisor may be negotiating against themselves <laughs> and and changing the fee and they maybe do and maybe don't write it in the contract and say, "Okay, instead of our standard fee schedule which is tiered 
first millions, 100 bips, next two is 80. We're actually going to start at 80. So first millions, 80, next two, 60. So they maybe write that in the contract. The client signs it. Then that contract usually just goes somewhere else. Like it goes to the back office. If you're with a bigger company, it goes to your ops team. It goes to someone to take that data that you wrote down and put it into the system that's calculating. And so things that happen are maybe the advisor and the client, they both disagreed on like once they wrote it down, it wasn't what either what what both parties had except thought it was. The ops person reading it might not understand what it was. And the system taking in the data may not have the capabilities to do what that advisor wanted, or it may not get entered correctly. And so the root of it is really that the fees are customizable, which every firm will say, well, we have one fee schedule. And it's like, but you don't. Yeah, no, no you don't. <laughs> they, to every, fee, to every firm listening to this, no, you don't. You don't have one fee schedule. Uh, I've never, I've been working in this industry with thousands of firms. Nobody has one fee schedule. Now, I did meet with one firm one time, and I do need to follow up with him. He was very diligent. And if a client said, I don't want to pay this or will you negotiate, he like told them to go down the road. <laughs> so there may, you know, it does exist, but I've won in thousands. It's, you know, every client is expecting something customized. They all have reasons that different things need to be paid different ways. And so um, the customization in the contract and in the calculator are not matching. That's really good. That's that's insightful because I mean, as we all know, paper doesn't change the the way that, you know, conversations do, right? And so um, I think that makes a lot of sense that it would be digitized. And and we talk with a lot of firms just about challenges around billing. And I think it's cool that you're solving this because I, I don't think a lot of people have tried to innovate around billing because there's just this perception that billing is a solved problem. Because like you're saying, fees get calculated automatically in a portfolio management system. They might be multi-custodial. They can drop the, the, the billing reports to each custodian and be able to bill thousands of accounts at one run. Um, but you know, one of one of the things we see people run into is, oh, well, I was supposed to build two thousand accounts, but now it kicks back that we actually only build eighteen hundred and thirty four accounts, and now somebody at the firm has to go figure out, well, which accounts didn't get billed, or why didn't they get billed, or what was the problem? Why? Oh, this account got closed. You know, this account didn't have enough cash. This account, this. You know, all these things, and it's a huge process. So I think you solve some of that on the the upfront with with some of those challenges, right? You're trying to eliminate those. You're like Smokey, Smokey the Bear. You're trying to prevent forest fires with Smart KX, right? I do have a very Smokey the Bear hat um, that was in style for a long time. But then, you know, in Austin, they're like, all these girls show up with these hats. <laughs> yes. So one of the, like, I'm going to pick out something that you mentioned, which is like, this is a soft problem. And you and I both run our own businesses. And revenue to me is not a soft problem. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Revenue to me is like, essential to yeah. keep the doors open. It is essential for advisors as well. But another thing that you said, I think it they do take advantage of the fact that there's no friction to get paid. Like you and I have, we have way more friction to get our users and our clients to pay us. Advisors have this really nice thing where they just upload a spreadsheet to the custodian and they get paid. There's no oversight. The client doesn't need to approve. Nobody's reviewing it except for when you get examined. And it's just, it's cheap. Like you don't have to pay a transaction fee. That gets taken advantage of a, 
of a lot. Um, and I think advisors who are looking to really automate their processes, this is one piece that they could clean up easily. Like we could get the fees cleaned up. And then that problem that you're talking about, 2000 accounts, and we only build collected from 1800, like that problem goes away. And so you're not even thinking about, well, I've got to solve for 10% of fees collection. And like, well, it's just something we always do. And we have Joan or John in the back and like we need them for billing like they can be doing other things besides like always having to clean up something with just a little bit of proactive work. Yeah. I think that's great. That's really well put. I love that you're solving some of this stuff. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into this. So again, lawyer by trade and then uh Smart KX for those who don't know, KX is like short for contract. So so Smart Contracts, which is a very blockchain crypto thing. So is any of this <laughs> is anything that you're building on you know, blockchain or Ethereum with smart contract work? Or is that just inspiration for kind of where you want to see this go? Yeah, it's for right now, it's really inspiration. We started it, if there's any like hardcore Bitcoiners out there, if you read the Bitcoin white paper, it talks about the financial system is set up with multiple different parties sort of holding it together. So we have the dollar, then we have the internet, we want to spend our dollar on the internet. So let's build all these software systems to like make that non-digital dollar get on the internet. And all those, those middle systems can break and they become very expensive um, and very inefficient. And that's why you see when you collect credit cards, it's three and a half percent. Like someone's got to hold all those things up. So if you look at the fee problem, very similar. You have these client contracts in one hand, you have the processing system in another hand, and now we've built all these systems to hold them together. Mostly compliance. Nobody likes to talk about compliance. It's expensive. It doesn't generate any revenue. Nobody likes it. But like, let's check all the fees versus contracts. Let's do a due diligence on the contracts. Let's do all these things to hold up this system. And so that was really the inspiration of like, wait a second, if the fees are dependent on what the contract says, why don't we automate the contract, make it easy and quick to onboard clients, and then have that data just sent to where it needs to go. So we do not use blockchain. Our case, this use case, although very important, and it is important that the fees are accurate, is not to the level of needing it to be autonomously verified, <laughs> autonomous transactions verified by a uh, vast distributed network. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. And then so talk to us, like, did you did you always want to be a lawyer growing up? Or was that, you know, something that you kind of stumbled into? Or what's the what's the story there? I did. Like I, I always had that like I would be a lawyer. I grew up in a ranching community and, you know, small town. Um, I never really saw myself practicing at a big law or, you know, being a full-time lawyer. I kind of always saw myself being a lawyer and doing that and practicing and then having other entrepreneurial endeavors on the side, like whatever they may be. And so being a lawyer has been like it's a great tool to build and develop software because you understand how to be literal and how things build off one another and how to really be concise. So yeah, I mean, I still practice. I don't practice that much right now, um, but it's always a great thing. You know, it's a great insurance policy and I do love practicing and doing some like weirdo, you know, things that around Bitcoin and stuff yeah. that a lot of lawyers don't like to do. So there you go. Well, and I, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this too, especially as you sit in, in a seat where you own and run your own business. I, I've always sort of heard 
people who went to law school feel like it's almost a pseudo MBA as well in helping you be able to run a company well, because I think the disciplines of being a lawyer, reading documents, you're probably familiar with a lot of the documents that, you know, people get sent to us and we're like, what is this, you know, that we then have to send to lawyers or all of that sort of stuff. So even though you're not full-time practicing right now and you're running your own technology firm, how do you feel like it's helped you practicing law for a bit, going to law school, you know, do you feel like it hasn't? And, you know, uh, it, it hasn't added a lot to being an entrepreneur. It definitely cuts down on work, right? Like I don't like, I can do a lot of things like uh, legal documents aren't things that hold up my business um, because I can get through those pretty quickly. It's definitely helped in part of what we're doing at SmartKX is we're digitizing that client contract um, so the client agreement. And so being able to get in there and execute it as far as like getting it digital, getting different pieces signed, how that how it can kind of be, I wouldn't say, you know, molded, but how it can be like, you know, we can put the fee schedule on the back as exhibit A, like different. And like, we can say that, you know, we'll, we'll update exhibit A with notice. Um, so certain things like that, we've really been able to help users with as they're navigating. They may have a CCO, outsource CCO, like a compliance group or a lawyer. And a lot of times those groups give a bunch of paperwork to the advisor if they're starting a new firm. And the advisor just is like, well, we, ha- you know, like, we have to do it this way. So, you know, big example, socials in client contracts. I always push back, like, don't, don't put this in there. We don't need it risk profiles and client contracts. Again, we don't need it. Like from a business standpoint, when you have a prospect that says, yes, like this advisor needs to get that prospect on immediately. Like they don't need to give them a bunch of homework, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, get the ball rolling. And so you can, it's, it makes working with between the advisor and the lawyer and this and the outsource compliance people, you know, a lot easier in that regard. I think that's really cool because this is a, a great example of starting a business in something that you know you knew a lot about, right? Because most people who would go to start an advisor technology company or something wouldn't even think to look at the contracts that advisors are signing with clients as a place for innovation. And yet, you know, you're <laughs> you're living here and you're like, no, this is a real, you know, issue. And it's not the contract itself getting signed, right? People can docusign things or like that, you know, but it's like, how do we take what is being agreed to. I mean, the whole point of a contract is like, this is what the advisor is signing themselves up for to deliver. It's like their SLA. It's everything about the relationship, you know, in a contract being digitized to where it's like, how do you make sure that you are always fulfilling this contract and not opening yourself up? And I, I just think that's super cool that you were living in that. And you're like, here's an opportunity for innovation and and for giving something to, to people that maybe they didn't even realize was like a, a challenge. That's really neat. Thanks. Yeah. And just like taking, I mean, deliverables is a huge one. So the financial planners are seeing that right now. Like, you know, you have this contract and like, it says that uh, these two parties are going to do these things. And then you also have a third party who's watching over that contract, that being the regulators. Yes. And so anytime you're, I always say like copying, pasting into the contract or out of the contract, that can be automated. That's really cool. Um, And it can make your life a lot easier. This podcast is brought to you by Turncast. We make game-changing content for fintech and financial services companies. Learn more at turncast.com. All right. So we've talked a little bit about billing and and things like that. Um, But I want to talk about growth a bit. And I think 
you know, some of the content that you've been putting out that I've really enjoyed recently is about kind of what you were just saying is, hey, if we remove some of these friction pieces in the contract, you can go from a prospect saying yes to having a contract signed, I mean, almost instantaneously. So, you know, what are your sort of, what's your hypothesis there on how that can help advisors grow? Or, you know, does this help onboard clients faster or things like that? Because everybody's talking about organic growth right now. How do we grow organically? How do we sell and market better? We can't just rely on the market to, you know, to give us tailwinds anymore. So I've seen that in your content and I want to kind of give you a, you know, a stage to talk about that a little bit of, you know, how being really good with contracts using something like your solution helps the firm grow. Yeah. So definitely very popular um, in the LinkedIn, all of the fintech space to be generating leads, nurturing those leads, getting that prospect in the door or, you know, warm touch, getting them in the door, getting them comfortable, wowed, wanting your service, and then getting that prospect. You're sitting at the table with a prospect and they say, yes, like, yes, I want to come on board. And that's the point right now where advisors, every advisor I ask, I'm like, okay, you have a prospect. Like, They say, yes, what do you do? And they're like, well, we'll start getting the paperwork ready. We'll onboard. And I'm like, no, what do you say to the prospect? Like after, thank you. Like, what is your, what's your next move? Where are you going? They're like, well, we, you know, we go back to the office and like get the paperwork ready and somebody, we have all these workflows built and it's, or like we show up to the meeting and they say, yes. We're like, great, here's the paperwork. We spent hours. And so what if you could take that yes and you could instantly click through like three clicks on our system and say, great, I've already sent you documents that have to be the first documents, our ADV. We have to send that to you first. I've sent you those by email and I've sent you the client contract for signature, the client agreement, engagement letter, whatever you're calling it. You could have that automatically fill out and send to them within seconds. So you're a business owner, you understand this. When someone says yes, like you want to give them the next piece to do to get them over to be a client. There's a ton of work on the backside for that advisor to, and his or her team to do. We've got to move over accounts. We've got to deal with all those headaches. We've got to deal with ACATs. Like there's so much stuff that has to be done that's a huge commitment of resources and time and stress um, because that's when the prospect is onboarding and you want to impress them and you want them to be happy. That having that first step of like, okay, let's, you know, get the docs out. Let's get the the agreement signed. Like that takes them to the next step. And then, you know, there's a lot of psychological and business reasons, but like putting in that huge investment and moving over the assets feels a lot better to everyone involved because I posted something the other day when you asked your wife to marry you and you got down on one knee and she said, yes. Did you say like, great, I'll send you a ring in a week yeah. from the office. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you have it there. You bring it with you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like they say, yes, you say, great. You click three buttons and they already have the next step. Yes. Like done. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, and I, I want to actually talk about LinkedIn here in a second. But before we move on, you mentioned something about, uh, you know, I don't think you said these words, but you, you alluded to the client experience and onboarding. Um, and I've had a handful of conversations, you know, in the past couple of weeks about this, where it's like, people were telling me, we feel like we provide a great client experience once they've kind of onboarded and become a client, right? But but everybody talks about onboarding as just some paperwork, but it really is a lot more than just paperwork. And a couple of firms had the courage to admit they're like, you know, we really kind of start behind the eight ball on our client service because the onboarding process is just such a bear as you're talking about. Um, and obviously, you, you've mentioned how your product helps that. But 
from your perspective, how can firms you know, really elevate the client experience in that first little bit when they're becoming a client so that it, it's smooth all the way through? Because these people told us, they're like, it almost starts with like a little bit of a dip, like, oh man, I don't know, did we make the wrong decision? This is, this is really tough. And then it's like, we get into actually serving them and they're like, oh, okay, this is, this is excellent and we have a great experience. But I think everybody wants to start on a high note and then keep going higher. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and how firms can improve that process. Setting out a tone of what that onboarding is going to be and a realistic one. So like realistically, what are the things that my ops team is telling me we have to do to onboard these clients? So starting with that and being upfront with the prospect that like, you know, here's the five things that we're going to have to do. And here's, I have some users who send a welcome packet. Here's the five things. Here's, you know, what we'll need from you. Obviously first is use SmartKX because then you can get that engagement letter signed immediately and you can get your regulatory docs done immediately and you can start kicking off workflows in your CRM. So once those things come back, it automatically sends workflows. It fills in any openings in the CRM. All those things get automatically done. I think the next piece is really for the advisors to look at each piece of friction. And this is how we built that product is we looked at every piece of friction for the end client and we just tried to start chopping away at them. That's one thing I've seen advisors do. Another is lower the amount of information that you have to collect. <laughs> so some advisors are giving their prospects, the, and I call them prospects, until they sign that agreement, they're still a prospect and you are still selling to them. They give them just loads of homework. So, you know, we need all these account documents. We need all this risk profile stuff. We need all your beneficiaries. We need your trust and estate attorney. Like, and the prospects like, <laughs> okay, I don't want to do this. I mean, you can ask my tax accountant who's waiting on me to sign my taxes right now. Like, it's just like, we all know clients aren't going to sign stuff unless they're forced, you know, there's a trigger event. So, I would say easing into that process, like get the bare minimum you need. The research we've done, like the bare minimum you need to onboard a client, you got to send them the docs, you got to get the contract signed. Like what is the next step? And really having those laid out clearly. So it reduces a lot of stress for you and just makes your clients not as anxious when they see an email from you. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. All right. I want to transition a little bit. And I'll, I'll be waiting for that um, introduction to that firm after we get done on the. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well played. Um, well played. <laughs> so as we transition years, we're starting to come to the end of our time. I want to ask you a little bit about travel. Um, so you have this incredible post. There was a question posed of, as of today, the market's up roughly 14% year to date and almost halfway through the year, what's the best investment made? And I think they were expecting an alternative investment or something. You had this awesome answer. You said, easily, it was all the work my husband and I did to get this 30-second commentary about Picasso directly in front of my two <laughs> oldest kids and me in Barcelona in this summer. And you also said you averaged two ice creams a day. I love that. Um, and an endless supply of cafe con leche. You took in the city, spent time at the beach, but not pictured in that was the months of prep. Yes, the hours of travel, the jet lag, the walking, the language barrier, um, the pace and found in, in that needed to be, be for all, all of you, right? And so that was the best investment. Not some stock or not some ETF, but that. Um, I wanted to you know, just let you talk a little bit about traveling with a family, all of that stuff. Because I think Instagram tells us, oh it's, oh, it's just so amazing. Look at this. Like, you know, we only post our pictures of our gelato. Um, but, you know... <laughs> Talk about that a little bit. I think that's a cool experience to share. 
thanks for sharing that. Like I, I have three children and I grew up and my husband grew up. We were always involved. Our parents both ran their own businesses and had multiple endeavors and us and our siblings were always involved. And so I really am thoughtful and I'm really active about getting my kids involved in my life and my work. Running your own business is really difficult. And one of the benefits of it is the flexibility and the I can bring my kids places and I often do travel with my one of the children um, if I'm going on business. <laughs> and it is very difficult. They're grumpy. It, they have to go to the bathroom. They have no patience. But, you know, it is like they, there's lots of reasons and lots of things that they've learned. They are everything to me and my husband, but they are not everything in this world. There's an entire world that exists outside their small, you know, little bubble and their mom's doing things, their dad's doing things, all these other people are doing things and just really like seeing the outside world and how it's working. It is hard, but you just see the magic like there's something about it when you just see them out in the world, in the airports, talking to people, um, ordering food, playing with, you know, kids that speak other language. Like it just, it makes your heart just sort of burst because all that work of the jet lag, you know, the stuff they need, the waters, they all need water bottles. It makes it really worth it. And so I always, my goal is just that my kids can grow up and be able to like, sit down at a dinner table and have dinner and be respectful and BS with anybody and learn their life and understand something about them. So um, that's the reason for the travel. Some people have um, that I've met with, you know, around the country, I've taken my kids and they've always been really open and really thoughtful about having them. Um, my daughter, we were in New York and we went to a state. She all day, um, I did some filming. She was with me. She was great. We get to the steak dinner with two other lawyers. We sit down and they give us like this giant menu. And she sits down and she was like, oh, great. They have lobster. I love it. <laughs> and it just made my heart explode. Yeah, it's so great. I love it. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yes, that is amazing. Uh, incredible. And I, by the way, I think, I mean, little soapbox here, but I think in a world where we all just live on on phones and digital and digital connection and all of that sort of stuff, being able to connect as a human, which is being able to shoot the breeze about nothing or do small talk or, you know, be able to be interested in what the other person's interested in is going to be such an advantage in life as we go, because, you know, human to human connection will never go away. Um, and so I think that's an admirable goal that you are uh, investing in your kids to do that. That's really cool. Well, thank you. You're welcome. All right. We're going to pivot into the Mile Marker Minute. So similar to lightning rounds on other podcasts, here we go to the Mile Marker Minute. I have three questions for you. You got 20 seconds to answer each question. Uh, you don't need all 20 seconds, but the goal is to have three questions answered in under a minute. Are you ready to fire away? I'm ready. All right. First question. What is the number one thing a wealth management firm should be doing to grow organically? Automating their processes. Oh, very good. All right. Second question, who is your favorite brand in advisor technology? Favorite brand? Yeah, your favorite brand. Who is another company out in the space that you're just like, oh, I really love everything they're doing, your favorite brand in our space? Ooh. Can't say yours. Uh, I think Jason and Altruist does a really nice job. They have a lot of great content for advisors. The branding is very clear, very direct, and they give a lot of value, even if you aren't an altruist 
firm. Great answer. All right, last question. Uh, you do a lot of great stuff on LinkedIn, post a lot of great content on LinkedIn. What is your number one tip for people who want to grow on LinkedIn? My biggest tip is to build content. Um, we use ClickUp for our development and they have calendars. So I build content on there. Obviously, you can use some of ChatGPT. I kind of do that to clean up. But another thing I do is any questions I get asked when I'm talking to users or anyone, I will write down and I specifically highlight them in the meeting and use that for content. Because if someone's asking you, it may be that other people want to know. Incredible. Uh, well, Lacey, I think you've dropped a bunch of knowledge today. Uh, I don't think many people believe that they can use their contracts as a growth engine, but you have shown them how they can do that. You've shared a lot about SmartKX today, but for those who want to connect with you, where can they find you? Um, we're at smartkx.io. We've just released that client onboarding. You can onboard three clients for free. Use it. No commitment, no credit card. No, really easy to use it. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Yeah, you are. All right, everybody. This has been another episode of Connected. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you on the next one.